everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 146th episode of the podcast, airing November 22nd, 2022. Now, in this episode, I'm delighted to welcome back special guest Alicia Youssef to join me on the program to talk about Sagittarius season 2022. Now, Alicia and I break down the much anticipated return of enthusiasm and forward momentum that Sagittarius season has to offer. First, we recap the Scorpio-Taurus eclipse season, sharing the quality of energy we both noticed and how those signatures will transition in the season of mutable fire. Now, included in our astro riffing, we have a Jupiter stationing direct on a Sagittarius new moon. We have the influence of Venus and Mercury moving through Sagittarius and Capricorn. We have Neptune stationing direct and the super lit up Mars retrograde full moon in Gemini. So are you ready for this blast of cosmic wildfire? We sure are. Now, if you want to connect with the astrology as we step through the charts, you can tune into a video version of this episode on YouTube. Now, if you'd like to support this program, feel free to come on over to energeticprinciples.com where you can leave a one-time tip if you like, or you can book a personal consultation. Now, uh, I will say tis the season <laughs> with the holidays coming up. So if you would like to gift someone a consultation, which is always a nice gift, uh, you can reach out to me at mel at energeticprinciples.com and I can set that up for you. Also, it's almost the beginning of the year too, which is a wonderful time to do a year ahead consultation. Now, also, if you would like to get astrology in your inbox, I have my Heavenly Wind newsletter that has been recently reformatted to be more concise and a, I guess, more concise than all the details. I love details, but I wanted to make it a little bit more readable in a shorter amount of time. So I have redesigned it and I'm very happy with the format. So if you would like to have that in your inbox at the first of every month, come on over to the website and sign up for that. Now, I think that is all the announcements I have uh, this time around. So who is ready to hear all about Sagittarius season? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right. I am happy to welcome back to the program. We have Alicia Youssef with us here today. Thanks for joining me, Alicia. Thanks for having me, Mel. Nice to be here. Uh, I, it's been some time since you've been on the program. I think we met for, I want to say Scorpio season, maybe 2020. Yes, I think you're right. And, and I remember you being outside. I think you were outside and I remember their chickens being involved. There was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of clucking going on. <laughs> yep, that was Fred our rooster in our old house. Yep, sure. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, I you know I just got back from vacation, which many people may have heard me talking about for several months now. And one of the places when we stayed in Asheville, North Carolina, um, the Airbnb we got was right on a right next door to a, a chicken coop um, with a couple roosters in it, and I got to really know some roosters. Uh, which felt really appropriate for Scorpio season for some reason. And like <laughs> Mars retrograde and Gemini or like actually Mars was stationing about the station when we were staying there and just waking up to that rooster every morning. And um, it just, I don't know, it felt, it felt right <laughs> for the energy. 
Yeah, they're definitely Mars with those sharp beaks and their their claws. If you yeah cross a rooster the wrong way, you'll definitely know the Mars energy of them. Oh, really? I didn't. Mm. <laughs> I will put that in my pocket for later. Never cross a rooster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, you know, today we are here to talk about Sagittarius season, which I'm sure many of us are looking forward to after, you know, the eclipse seasons of Scorpio. I mean, the entirety of 2022. Uh, And you know what? Who doesn't love a little Sag after Scorpio, just in general? For sure. For sure. It's that uh, kind of uplift and inspiration that we often need after that deep dive of Scorpio season. That's right. I need that. I need that kick of enthusiasm. I need that Jupiter juice <laughs> yes, to, to move yeah. me along. <laughs> but before yeah. we get started here, Alicia, tell people who you are in case they haven't heard from you uh, before. Um, and yeah, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Um, I'm a consulting astrologer and also a counselor and writer, teacher, all those wonderful things. So I'm based on the Sunshine Coast in Australia, if you can't tell from my accent already, uh, which is kind of semi-tropical. It lets me surf. It lets me hang with my family and just do all those lovely sunny things. So yeah, but I've been an astrologer since 2005, I think, 2006. Um, But I was just, we were just chatting in the break. I dove into it full time in 2017, along with my Uranus opposition. So it was uh, that awakening and that enlivening that uh, prod in the back of now or never. Now or never. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a, we were sharing Uranus opposition stories before we got on uh, the call here because I'm currently in the middle of mine and I'm like, tell me what you know. Give me, <laughs> give me the dish. Um, not like I don't know already what's going on. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm like, tell me something good. No, but it is, it's really now or never. Um, and it, it, it just feel, I mean, your early forties are kind of like the pressure of time anyway. So it's just mm-hmm. when you're, you know, you got the Uranus opposition, you got the Saturn opposition looming. It's just, yeah, you're coming, coming to terms <laughs> with what you're doing in life, how you're doing yeah. it. Are you happy doing it? <laughs> yeah. Has something been unfulfilled? Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah. So it's been a it's been a ride, but um necessary with all those all those life um I don't want to say stopping points because nothing really stops you with the you're on opposition other than an occasional shock where you're like, what wait? <laughs> um <laughs> but it is that kind of like quintessential pause to kind of catch up with yourself and what you're doing in life. So I guess that's another program for another time. But, you know, we've all been going through some Uranian action recently with this past lunar eclipse um, that happened. So uh, did you notice anything about these eclipses or just the, the, I mean, just overview, maybe client work, world views, you know, just something popping up? (laughs) Yeah, well, it was a really interesting time in terms of you know, the power and control and, and the movement there, um, you know, that very scorpionic first eclipse on the 25th of October, you know, and and then the, the lunar eclipse on the 8th of November in Taurus almost 
brought the balm or the release to it all. You know, I'm noticing just the war in Russia and Ukraine and what's been happening there and how, you know, after that eclipse on the 8th of November, we've had some easing off of pressure there and the Ukraine gaining ground. Um, what's been happening in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin mm. is very interesting around resources and, you know, which resources are real, which aren't. Um, where we're putting our money. And I've even noticed I mean, it's more of a cycle this year, but food production issues seem to be coming to the fore again. There's been a lot of um, a UK environmentalist who's written a book around, you know, do we keep relying on our traditional food sources or do we start relying on things like algae and cyanobacteria and things like that to be able to support us going forward because you know if we move to the population of 10 or 11 billion projected we probably won't have enough arable land left so just interesting those kinds of themes that are being highlighted in it all and I think in client work it is definitely a okay what am I having to purge and let go of that south node supercharged in Scorpio which is already a detoxifying sign and then what do I really want to live for what do I really want to grasp what I want to hold on to with that north node in Taurus so yeah that, what about mm. you what did you notice anything I, I do love that what what do I want to live for um just in, in general I did a re, I did a sometimes I'll do little tarot gatherings uh, occasionally and I did one the other night and I can't even tell you how many people have lost someone of all the people that I sat down with. A lot mm. of people have been moving through some sort of um, like li literal death. Um, it could be figurative in some sense, but it's the idea of what do I want to live for? Because a lot of these people, they were processing the grief and the grief might have not even been in this eclipse season. It could have been just in the past, but mm. realizing that holding on to this old emotional content was actually keeping them for, from living their best life. Um, and so that was a theme that definitely came up just by sitting down with people and hearing, you know, like random stories through the cards. Um, but yeah, that, that sustainability component, uh, especially with, you know, material goods and especially with money. I mean, the cryptocurrency thing. Yeah. But here, you know, of, of course we had a really well-timed midterm election, election. On, on the actual eclipse. I'm like, who thought of that? Um, but it was interesting how many people they thought it was going to be a, a red wave with the, the you know, the Republicans mm. taking all control. And and that's the thing is like, if you want to break it down with the parties, which I, personally, I don't think there should be a two party system, but Republicans are always known for being conservative or trying to be conservative with money where, you know, mm. democratic agendas are more about people and the environment and, you know, like these, so everybody going through this crunch of inflation, um, and resources, you know, like talk about food and going to the store. And every time I go to the store, something's like a dollar more. And I'm like, oh, mm. a dollar more. you know how much that <laughs> I'm like yeah. raising something from three ninety nine to four ninety nine. That's actually a big increase. If you think about the percentage. Yeah. Uh, gas prices being crazy and or at least here in the US. I mean, I don't know how, what it's like in Australia if you're experiencing same. the same thing. Okay. So it's yeah. like, well, and the abuse of that too, um, when we talk about the power, because I was reading um, how like some people or like some bigger food co uh, companies are just, they're already, their increases have already met their profit margin that they need and they're going higher than that because no one is stopping them. 
And it's yeah. not characteristic of, um, especially in the food industry, for a price to go up and then it to go back down. So that's like the thing yeah. that is a little worrisome right now is like, if no one's capping this, we're setting this new bar that we can't really keep up with. So that's something I was noticing too. Um, and in, in the voting re- arena is that everybody's voting uh, for conservative money, right? You're like, oh, wait, mm. these Republicans are starting to look a lot more attractive because they actually care about the bottom line. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they do, but you know, that's kind of the campaign promise that a lot of the, that politics politics stands upon. So that's something mm. I noticed, um, which was interesting, but it, it all comes back to the the resources um, there. So, but it's, yeah, survival, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And it, it was interesting, I noticed with the young voter turnout in your midterm elections as well, because it was the second largest ever, wasn't it? And I can imagine these are people really worried about their future, worried about the climate crisis, worried about women's rights, another Taurus Venus thing as well, you know, and those were kind of the things that drove people to vote the way that they did and actually turn up and vote too. I mean, it's different here. Here we have to vote. Here you get fined if you don't vote. Um, So, yeah, for you it must have been, yeah, just such a big change to have so many young people engaged and politically savvy and wanting to make a difference it's good to see it is good to see and i mean i wish we were like that too i wish that everyone had to well it's interesting it's a double-edged sword because i wish everyone would have to vote (laughs) because obviously you know let's hear everybody's what they got Mm. but at the same time it's interesting because not everyone is informed and even us trying to stay informed we can't stay informed right like say for example one of the things that were on the ballot here in california were there was a list of probably about you know like 15 judge appointments now i go to research these judge appointments because i'm voting yes or no on this person who's been appointed whether or not and you cannot find anything that easily on these people or like their agenda or their record or and so there's a lot of times what happens, at least in my own opinion about the voting process, is you're faced with these two candidates, you're stuck in this two-party system, and you really don't know anything. Like the only way, like so this voting strategy here in the U.S., I find that a lot of myself and a lot of people go by is we go, we go to look where the money is. Who's paid for this? Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. Who's supporting this? Who's against it? Um, Have how much of their own money have they used versus, you know, like, and I'm like, is that really the, the, you know, the thing we should be looking for here in politics? Um, But once again, that seems very Scorpio cynicism. Yeah. As one should have. Um, Yes. But that's a very Taurus Scorpio thing too. When you think about it, it's like this Mm. dynamic of power and resources and who's putting, you know, these people in these places that are, that in turn create this fixed reality that in our survival. Um, So yeah, it was just, you know, a lot of that stuff. Um, But it it was a mixed bag. I, there's, Mm. there was a lot that was actually pretty for me, like pretty, had a nice. I mean, I was on vacation for like two weeks. I mean, who am I to complain? Best way to deal um, with an eclipse season, isn't it? You know what? I'll tell you how. I'm going to say Mars stationing retrograde, especially in a square to Neptune. It was vacation central. 
Everyone that yeah. I was talking to, what are you doing? Oh, I'm about to go here. Or I'm going there. It's like everyone was on vacation and it made a lot of sense. It's like, I think we need a timeout. <laughs> yeah, totally. It was, it was quiet and interesting. Really, you know, that two week period, wasn't it? From kind of the yeah. 25th of October through until the 8th of November, a lot happened with planets changing signs, Jupiter going back into Pisces again, Mars going Neptune retrograding, the eclipses. Yeah, it was one of the most concentrated blots of astrology, I think, of the year. So I'm kind of glad we're out the other side and heading yeah. into such season, to be honest. <laughs> me, me too. Um, and I think it was a blessing that I was out of my normal, you know, routine to mm. experience that, right? Because that's a lot going on. But if you put yourself out of what your normal thing is, it, feel, it felt like, I don't know, it really felt like I was in the flow of something. And it wasn't yeah. my normal life. And I think at that time I needed that, right? Because, you know, with Neptune, it's like, I mean, Neptune brings us a variety of things and many of it is a mystery. <laughs> um, but yeah. some of it is actually about going with the flow and kind of like imagining what could be. Um, and I think a vacation does that for you sometimes. So that was a blessing. Um, but yeah. like you said, you know, Sagittarius season, I am here for it. <laughs> uh, so let us break down a little bit of, uh, kind of an overview of what the season holds. Um, but before we do that, let's talk about just Sag energy in general, you know, mutable fire. Uh, what is, what is it? Kelly call it, um, the wildfire. Is that, uh, mm, wildfire yeah. energy? Yeah. Um, yeah. That fire without bounds. Yeah. Yeah. So when I say Sag, what comes to mind to you? For me, it's, you know, when I meet people who are Sagittarians, I generally meet people who are travelers, adventurers, or inspirers, or preachers or teachers. You know, it, it's all of this energy that kind of is like, you know, as we said earlier, when we're coming out of the depths of Scorpio season, the intensity, the, the digging underneath, and suddenly we're like, oh, and look up and we see the stars you know this is ruled by Jupiter this is asking us to turn our face to the heavens and to find what we now but this is the fire sign of Jupiter this is the day sign of Jupiter this is like action risk taking um and also that you know optimistic you know I've got a, mm. quite a few Sag friends who I, I love dearly and they're always looking at the the sunny side of the street or, you know, the bright side of the coin, you know, they're always trying to find the, the, some call it Pollyanna view on things, but it is that positivity that Sagittarius is really drawn towards. And I think that will be an interesting, it, it will be an interesting Sagittarius season this year is my feeling because with Pisces, uh, Jupiter in Pisces, there's going to be tension there, but I think in general there will be, breath of fresh air to coming out the other side of what has been an intense fixed sign Scorpio energy, you know, eclipses, Saturn still in Aquarius, you know, there's been a lot of challenges, hurdles and yeah, just shakeups to happen. So I think there, there are issues with this Scorpio season, a Sag season, but I think in general, it will just be that, okay, you know, we can get moving again. We can start to go forwards. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all about outlook, right? You know, that's the thing um, mm. sometimes is it just depends on, <laughs> you know, kind of the, the energy we're putting towards something. Um, and 
And, you know, I find like that, that is, so that's the interesting thing about mutable energy, right? It's, it's in this, these two spaces. It's all about transition. It's like, and to have yes. kind of like, you know, that inspiration of trans for transition and being in mm. motion. Um, and so we get out of this really fixed intensity that Scorpio can be. And, and, you know, that I'm a Scorpio rising, you're a Scorpio. We probably deal with Scorpio a little bit different. You know, when you are it, <laughs> you navigate it a little bit differently than, yeah. you know, people that don't have it. And then they're like, Ooh, what is this? Um, but it, it's always this, I don't want to say the rainbow, uh, cause I don't want to make, you know, Scorpio sound that bad or anything, but it's like all of a sudden you like look up and you see that there's more, right. Mm. You know, like you go through maybe the, the, the dark night or you, you, you hit mm. some thing that is really internal within the self that you move through or challenged by, or, um, or as a situation outside of you, however, however it works. Cause usually Scorpio brings us something that does have a material that is a little denser to get through. Mm. And it's like Sag comes and it's like, okay, well, you know what? That being said, look at this possibility, or maybe this road could open, or I have a vision of this. Could this be possible? You know, and it's almost Mm. like this kind of like fire inside that is like the wildfire kind of starts to spark inside. And you're like, oh, there is more possibility and potential than I thought before. And I want to experience that because I think that that's a big part of Sag's energy is it's like, well, let me go ahead and experience it's like, we don't, might not know. It's like, let me try this out. See how I feel about it. Let me try that. You know, like there's a little more spontaneous, uh, spontaneity to it. Um, mm. and which it can be very life affirming, right? Because how do you learn something best? Right. This is very Gemini Sagittarius, right? You know, Gemini can read the book can have the intellectual knowledge can store it all within, but a lot of times until you do something that means nothing to you. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I always think about that Gemini Sag as like Gemini's like the journalist, you know, yeah. who's just writing down the facts, just telling the story. Whereas Sag is the opinion piece writer. It's like, okay, this is what I've experienced. This is yeah. what I've learned. This is my wisdom. You know, here's my opinion on the matter. And I think, you know, it's beautiful what you're saying about Scorpio season because it can be that. And even more intensely this year, that detoxification, you know, as we sit and we navel gaze in Scorpio season, we often come to some realization of what we want to release or let go of or, or purge from our lives. And so Sagittarius is like, okay, we're coming to it with an empty cup. So it's like, right, now I've got the opportunity to fill it because you can't fill a cup that's already full. True. So if we can come with that empty, you know, emptier cup, it's like, ah, oh, okay, <laughs> there, there are opportunities here that I can make the most of. And I think that this is on all levels, you know, physical, emotional, and spiritual too, especially spiritual as such. Yeah. And especially with Jupiter being in Pisces too, as you pointed mm. out earlier, because that's a, that's a big component. Um, and it's such, it's, it's such a unique quality actually to us to be starting Sag season. And literally within the first day, we get a new moon in Sagittarius and Jupiter stationing direct on the same day. Like that is, um, if that's not like a hello Jupiter moment, I don't know what is. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So that will be, uh, very intriguing. We'll talk a little bit about that here, uh, in a second, um, but really that is what Sag is about is 
you know, you're, you're changing from a Mars ruled Scorpio season to a Jupiter ruled, you know, these are two mm. <laughs> totally different planets. No wonder it's like, you know, Mars brings, um, the challenges that Mars brings and Jupiter is like, well, you know, but optimism, abundance, more say yes, you know, like <laughs> live a little, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> so the, it's definitely, it's definitely a switch, but the lunations are crazy for this, <laughs> this they season, sure I have to are. say with that Jupiter station on the new moon. And then we have a Gemini full moon that is going to be conjunct that Mars retrograde. Exactly. And so I'm excited to pick your brain about that. Uh, we also mm. have mutable quarters, you know, mutable quarters, um, or just a whole mutable cycle. This is when life moves on, especially when we get to a last quarter moon in Virgo. Like if there is any type of moving of the pieces of like your physical world and jobs and homes and, you know, clearing it out, doing the yard sale, you know, all that. It's, it's always, I notice that every year we get to that last quarter in Virgo and something, um, yeah, just life is, is tangibly moving. Um, what else do we have? Well, obviously, as I said, with the full moon, we got Mars retrograde meeting it, meeting its halfway point. So we're almost halfway through. Yay. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Bring out the balloons and the streamers. Oh my goodness. Uh, any thoughts on this Mars retrograde in Gemini so far, or (laughs) you've observed? It's, it's been an interesting period in terms of, I feel like that stop start energy, um, you know, because Mars retrograde, yes, it's about, you know, more inward, more quiet Mars energy, but it's also Mars not behaving well. So I feel like it can be where, you know, your foot is either too fast and and too hard on the gas or it's totally off, um, which I've really noticed, especially as Mars has moved further and further away from Neptune. You know, yeah. people are kind of like, great, I can go somewhere, but speeding too fast. So, you know, you were describing accidents earlier. Um, <laughs> I'm seeing people burning themselves or hurting themselves, falling over and scraping. Um, also seeing like malicious tongues, sharp tongues and sharp wit, um, getting people into trouble or causing them to rethink, um, you know, how, what they say and how they say it. For sure, definitely seeing that between my two children. Who are, one is very, very mutable. He's a Sag and the other one is a Scorpio rising. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting with the, yeah, the not, it, that is Mars in a peregrine position, right? This kind of rogue mm. nature to it where it just want, it wanders and it wanders and destructs at the same time. Um, like one of the yeah. things in the next door app, other than cars getting sideswiped and, you know, things stolen and all that is I, one day I was reading, um, and I think it was actually around the Mars station is someone had just randomly gone down this entire street and just slashing people's tires, like just car after car after car. And I was like, is that, if that's not Mars in Gemini retrograding, I don't know what is. It's like the indiscriminate you know, yeah. slash, I don't know this person. I'm working out my own issues or I'm mad about something in my head. You know, I'm just going to go destruct this. And it's like car, I'm t- cars and vehicles have been uh, such the target, it seems, at least in, in my world. But yeah, it's. Yeah. And it had so much power, unfortunately, you know, in Scorpio season because it was, it was ruling right. all those planets traveling through there. It was ruling that South node eclipse. It was even ruling that Aries full moon at the end of Libra season. And it just seems, I think this is one of the things of Sagittarius season. It's like, 
okay, exciting, we're out from underneath Mars, but it's still going to play its part through Sagittarius oh, season will. because of all the opposition <laughs> from Gemini. So, um, but at least it's not ruling stuff. You know I what know. I mean? It's yeah, it's like it's it's a influence, but it's not like the determiner almost, or you know, like yeah, it's not <laughs> like on, the, the power, on the power, you know. Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah. Oh my goodness. So we're so we'll meet our halfway point there. We'll have a very lively full moon, I'm sure. Um, we also have Mercury and Venus who are pulling ahead uh from the sun. Um and you know, making uh, getting further and further into their their evening star movements. Um, and they'll be moving through Sagittarius and Capricorn, um, which is always another interesting side-by-side mix too, right? You know, the Zodiac. Who thought this thing up? Um, <laughs> but uh, so that will be uh, an interesting transition with them too. And then also we have Neptune stationing direct, uh, which mm. is interesting in regards to all the Mars-Neptune <laughs> square action and where Neptune's been coming into play. Actually, uh, we're speaking here today on the Sun-Neptune trine <laughs> um, after some Neptune action. We're actually speaking uh, with, at a time when a lot of planets are caught between uh, Neptune and Jupiter, kind of highlighting mm. the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction that was earlier this year. We're in this special time. Um, so I feel like us talking about... Uh, you know, Jupiter, um, but also Neptune is very potent right now. So sure. Yeah. It's also the Venus Jupiter trying today too, isn't it? Uh, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. For, oh yeah. That's, uh, it's coming. We're talking in case you don't know, we're talking on two different because <laughs> she is over <laughs> in Australia. I'm here in California. So it is night for me and it is day for Alicia. Um, and so, yeah, tomorrow <laughs> is the Venus <laughs> Jupiter, but today yeah it happens at like 1 yeah. 30 so it's it's pretty much now yeah um, it's this afternoon today yeah 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 so all right well you know that's kind of the overview for this season uh so mm-hmm. so let us get into our uh our breakdown how how is this all going to go down and so i will i guess that was my caveat about if uh if we share different dates and times um, they might vary, obviously, because we are on opposite sides of the world. So do take that into consideration. Um, but a lot of times, you know, it just depends on what the moon's doing too. Like the moon's mm. the moon's one in charge here, people. You know, <laughs> when we talk about aspects being lit up, um, yeah. so that will always be a thing. So if it's you're watching the, the video, scoop. yeah, that's right. If you're watching the video, I'm going to go ahead and share uh, the chart here so that you can follow along with us as we move through. Um, and so, Sag season. Let me move. Got so many, so many windows open. Um, <laughs> too many windows. Okay. That's so, so Mars in Gemini. <laughs> I know. Do you know how many tabs open I have on Chrome? Like I can't yeah. even. I don't even know how my computer is functioning. I have that many <laughs> tabs. <laughs> Chrome. And it's like, there's so many tabs, but they're actually now Chrome has a, uh, a folder option too, where you can cut, create a folder that's a tab and then you can put tabs in the folder. So I have all these tabs, oh. with, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. mental, um, mental focus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not a, uh, a trait of Mars in Gemini, is it? Oh my God. No, it's not. It, and it's like a bane of my existence. Um, but you know what, what is nice though, is like, cause you know, Mars is action, right. And it's flow. And I'll tell you when I'm in motion, I'm Mm -hmm. like five steps ahead of myself. 
Like I know what this, 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 you know, I do have Mars square Saturn and Virgo, uh, like exactly. So (laughs) caveat, (laughs) but, uh, I will, when I'm in motion, it's almost like, this might sound, I'm like, does this sound egotistical? I'm like, it's almost like, hey, like, it's like beauty because it's like, I can just go from task to task to task to task. Cause I know yeah. I'm like all these things that I need to do ahead of myself. Um, yeah. and that so, flexibility that, that, that yeah. I, I always think about it as the gymnastics that Gemini can do is amazing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what it feels like. So um, connect with that if you can <laughs> with Mars and Gemini here, <laughs> especially since we're about to have a uh, trine with Saturn. And actually, that's kind of what, um, you know, is one of the identifier uh, significant factors of Mars when we get into Sagittarius season is it's going to be on its mm. way to make a trine with Saturn. So we'll get there in a second, but um, <laughs> we're thinking about that Mars-Saturn action together and kind of purposeful movement um, that is coming. So now Sagittarius season starts on 11, 22, It's like, it's got a nice ring to it there. Um, very early mm. in the morning here on the Pacific coast. Um, but yeah, so, okay. So almost immediate new moon. I'm like reading my notes, almost immediate new moon, Jupiter preparing to station. So that's a big thing, right? You know, Jupiter stations the next day on Wednesday, um, on that new moon, but you know, a stationary planet has its influence for, for a, a good sure. amount of time. Yeah. Um, and then Especially Venus and Mercury. Yeah, mm. exactly. Do you, what would you say influence would be for uh, a stationing, especially like a stationing outer? Would you give it like a, a week or what do you I think? Would, yeah, not, yeah. I mean, Jupiter and Saturn a week, maybe two weeks for the others, you know, because if you think about even Neptune, like, it's moving, I don't know, it takes days to move a minute um, when it's stationing. So, yeah. Yeah. And it depends on what it's influencing as well as to how much notice I take of it. But the fact that Jupiter is so uh, influential when this starts, it's, but already, you know, with that, because we move in with the Venus, with the Mercury-Venus conjunction too, don't we, with this? We do. We So right before the... Um, right before Sag season begins. Uh, and it really, if you're looking at this chart, you see Venus and Mercury at the same degree still because um, mm. they're kind of pacing side by side there. So we have this Mercury-Venus uh, conjunction together. We just came off of a Sun-Jupiter trine, right? Because that's a big mm. defining thing that happens two days before Sag season begins. And obviously, as we were just saying, Jupiter is stationing. So there, So it's almost like, I feel like we go into Sagittarius season with this, just this awareness of Jupiter and what it's yeah. trying to do and where it's trying to go. Um, of course, we got it through water signs, but we, it feels like we take that information in the Sag and also the new moon that's coming. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, it, we've come out, we're coming out of that period of integration, you know, because Jupiter's been in and out of Pisces since. May 2021, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's really interesting. This is the third dip back into Pisces. So it's an opportunity now to really into, like act on our integration. You know, what have you been dreaming about? What have you been emotional about? What have you been escaping from? And, and how can you integrate all of that? 
Well, act on what you've integrated with all of that. Act on what wisdom came through. Act on what understanding came through through that retrograde period. Is a sense of okay. Now it's now it's an opportunity to use that Sag fire energy to move forward. Yeah, with and speed. I, I yeah, I love that. Right, because it is all about moving forward. I think it's like the the sun, you know, meeting Jupiter in some way. It's like okay, yeah can't, I can't stay here. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> there's nothing left for me here, or I want this too much. And in order to do that, I have mm. to, you know, I think about that Jupiter and Pisces component. Um, I was talking to Elodie about this on the last program, kind mm-hmm. of like a lot of us are clear in my mind, a lot of us are maybe clearing out some emotional baggage or realigning yeah. with the, the spiritual, um, you know, component within that is calling upon us for, you know, to do certain things in our life or to let go of something. Um, and like you said earlier, it really is a spiritualized journey through this. I mean, especially cause that's what Jupiter focuses around and Sagittarius, but having it in that Pisces component too, you know, we're talking about the end of the Zodiac. This is the last mm. of the last of the last, you know, yeah. um, so there is this kind of, you know, Pisces likes to get likes to get the um uh the descriptor of transcendent right you know we're transcending mm. something we're yeah. <laughs> yeah um so it feels like we're transcending something and then there's kind of new life that comes with that right because i always think about sagittarius too sagittarius energy if it's that transitional energy where we're more aligned to like be enthusiastic about where things could go and we're kind of expanding our viewpoint and seeing the bigger picture and like and it's like visionary in its quality it sets us up for capricorn season which is like oh i'm actually going to do something right you know i'm going to break ground on something or take action in a material space to maybe yeah. put these visions into motion or something like that. So that's kind of like the whole space that I see off of it. Um, but mm. what do you think about Mercury and, and Venus running side by side together? Uh, you know, not far from the sun. So, you know, the sun is still clouding their their view a little bit. Um, but what about the those two in, in Sagittarius, especially with Mercury being in detriment there? Yeah, I, I think I've thought about it like, you know, it, it's like someone who has to get up on stage and they're super nervous. They've got a lot to say, but they, they're they not in their natural habitat, you know, mm. being on stage. And so somebody sweet with some kind words comes up and says, you can do it. It's okay. You know, that's that Venus balm, that, that Venus compassion and kindness. Know you're nervous and you can do it anyway. You know, just be bold. That's such energy. So it's that sense for me. It's, you know, I love Mercury and Venus together. I have it in my chart, Um, but it's that idea of beautiful (laughs) words and, you know, um, thoughts of peace, um, you know, and, and yes, sweetness within our, our communication, which I think is really needed in the world right now. So yeah, I'm hoping that that is how that will will draw out especially after that new moon too because it will continue on because the moon will run into the two of them very quickly afterwards so I don't think it's just that day it's it's more yeah there's a continual I mean it's it's kind of baked into the 
the new moon there, um, which is nice in the terms of, you know, an elongated lunation cycle. Uh, so we do have that. Um, and I totally agree with you The Mercury, I love Mercury and Venus together. It's like, you know, it's, it's creative. Uh, it's expressive. Um, if you need to sell something (laughs) or you need to sell an idea or Mm. sell yourself or sell a, (laughs) whatever, it, it seems, um, apropos for that. Um, and especially in, especially in Sagittarius, cause it's almost like there's like a, you know, Venus adds, like you said, a little sweetness, a little love, a little, like being a little more just open, um, mm. to, to things. And here our head is thinking about, you know, kind of the bigger picture and the expanding, we're less about the details and we're more about like the gist kind of thing. And we're just more open to connecting with that. And it's, and really these two are just on a march to meet. Mars too. So they're like slowly getting energized together, but having them on board, you know, especially like a lot of times you'll see Mercury and Venus together in, you know, artist charts or singers charts, you know, there's like this, this creative kind of expression. And, and so I feel like we're, I feel like we're, our minds are kind of like in a creative and optimistic space uh, within this. And that doesn't mean you have to go paint a painting or write a song or anything like that. It's Mm -hmm. just more about, you know, like it's not cold, hard reality. It's like, what if potentials Mm. I'm open to this? Let me think about that more, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. (laughs) And I think especially with this balsamic moon in Scorpio, that's going to be that kind of first day of Sag season. It's like, okay, well, there's still that, like, you know, that, that sweetness of this connection between the two and the, there's just a sense of thoughts that, Thoughts that are towards partnership, thoughts that are towards supporting and and accepting support too from others. So hopefully we're not all going into the, yeah, the depths that that balsamic moon in Scorpio can create. We can reach out to the support from others. True. And, and, you know, there's something to be said about having our mind, like you, I like like what you said before about that's the thing with uh, Scorpio season was, it was kind of, you know, difficult when Mercury was there because Mercury was, you know, having this weird mutual reception with Mars that wasn't really helping Mm. anybody out. But now, even though it's in detriment now, at least it's backed by Jupiter in its own sign. Um, And so, you know, even though Scorpio can be a little challenging, uh, at times, especially with the moon in its fall position, there's also something very healing about it, uh, too, depending on where we're at at that moment. And so kind of mm. having the headspace, you know, kind of aligned with that Venusian energy, it's all backed by Jupiter, you know, we're waning down into this dark moon that might be uh, very soulful, but like optimistic at the same time, too. Um, it feels like a good, like maybe clearing out space in order to, especially when we just went through the sun trying Jupiter and all the Neptune action, it feels like, and then it crosses the South node, you know, it feels like a very yeah. affirming, you know, release, like drop something off before we get to this kind of fiery, like, all right, let, what, what's next in my life? Um, so I kind of like that Scorpio moon there. It feels, it feels purposeful, I guess. Yeah. What I'm looking for. So let's go on and talk about, let's talk about this new moon. Let's take a look at it here. Uh, so it'll be November 23rd, which is a Wednesday. It'll be 2.57 here PM uh, on the Pacific coast. So I think, w- will that be like the middle of the night where you are, Alicia? 
Uh, no, it's 9.27 a.m. here the next day. Yeah, bad math, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a morning time. <laughs> morning time right. on Thursday. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so we have, uh, you know, it's interesting that I've noticed in like looking forward to the 2023 astrology uh, too, at least until we get to that next eclipse um, at 29 degrees of Aries, is we have all these new moons that are happening right on right like these beginning. early degrees mm-hmm. where to me yeah. is there's like this you know early degrees are very much opening energy in my mind or like something totally fresh um what what do you think about these what do you think about early degrees in general or like lunations kind of sitting on them yeah that well they're like that very young energy aren't they you know you think about a toddler or a young child that's got energy to burn and often it's 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 a it's there's a newness and a freshness to it that really suits that new moon energy. Um, I also really love that this is in the terms of Jupiter uh, as well. So it's like double down on Jupiter energy in this area of the, of the sky too. So there's just a lot to be said for this new moon. And it's this sense of, okay, we're coming out of the previous season. The hope is there. And then the new moon's going to encapsulate it and carry us through with it. It's not like we're starting it on a on a full or a last quarter moon, where it's it's almost like the energy's dying away or passing through. So we get to build clearly through the yeah. whole season and make the most of it. Yeah, it's um, it's it's kind of a special it's a special setup, I have to say. Mm. You know, and it, it's not really like talking to anything else per se. I mean, it ha- it has left the trying to Jupiter, but other than that, especially we don't really have mm-hmm. anything at early degrees um, of signs right now. You know, no no slower movers or anything. So these these yeah. luminaries are kind of on their own uh, with Venus and Mercury there. Um, I mean, I guess Venus and Mercury, Mercury is starting to form that trine with Chiron, um, and Mars is retrograding back to trine Saturn, uh, which I think is big, which is interesting that that's baked into this lunation too, Mm. you know, finally leaving the Neptune, you know, it's separating from Neptune and it's moving to its second pass with, with Saturn there. So, um, and obviously caveat Jupiter stationing this day. So anytime a planet is stationing, it is just really potent in, in the skies. Um, mm. so it's special in its own right, but what do you think about that Mars Saturn action? Yeah, I, I like <laughs> Mars and Saturn trining, not so loving any of the others, but the, the trine of these two planets, you know, this is the second one that's happened. So the last one was late September, wasn't it? Um, yeah, 28th of September. So it's a sense of, you know, the, the older warrior or the, you know, the, the, the authority figure putting a hand on the impetuous young warrior who wants to go out and fight all the battles and, and Saturn's like, yeah, but hang on, let's think this through. What's our strategy here? You know, I'm reading um, The Last Kingdom right now, or The Last Kingdom series, um, if anyone else has been watching that. So it's a lot about swords and battles and um, there's just this sense of when we come from that Saturnian space of discipline, of focus, it can add a lot to Mars energy. It's almost like harnessing the horses to drive forward in one way. So it smacks of that. Capricorn, you know, Mars exalted in Capricorn kind of energy with this. And I think specifically with this, 
you know, Mars is energizing Saturn. I think this is the last meeting between the two of them before Saturn moves out of Aquarius. And I was watching, we have a huge mango tree in our backyard. And yesterday we had some tree loppers come in and, and cut cut it off. And I was like, oh, it's encouraging the tree to go up in one direction. Mm. So it's that opportunity to, I feel like using Mars to slice away some of the Saturn and Aquarius plans that didn't work out, that may not have, you know, been able to be solidified or clarified to go, right. Okay. This is what did work. This is where, you know, where I've really gotten some traction. So this is what I'm going to follow now with the energy of this. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I, because I think what I was noticing, this could be just in my own life, but I feel like some other people have been encountering this is, you know, Mars and Gemini, like we said earlier, it kind of, you know, kind of gets distracted. It loves ideas. It's it's mm-hmm. like, you know, this shiny thing over here, or this sounds interesting. Oh, I'm curious about that. Let me go see here. Um, and, you know, when you have so many ideas or, you know, potentialities or, you know, we can only move in so many directions, maybe two if we're talking to Mars and Gemini, but no more in two. And so I feel like Saturn comes in and it's like, all right, well, which of these are most feasible? What, you know, what are you most interested in? You know, like we, you can only do so much. You can only learn so much. You know, mm. I can't, there has been so many courses thrown my way. I, I have books for days. I'm like, I, I'm looking at this <laughs> and I have to read that. And I'm like, you know, I can't even get, if I were to start now, Saturn in, hone it down and do everything that I have just kind of put before me, it, it, that'd probably take like two years. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so I feel like Saturn's coming in and being like, okay, you are in information or learning overload or, you know, like rein it in. Like you said, yep. lop off the side, the side interests, grow the tree in one direction, because that's the only way you're going to be effective with your, otherwise you're going to be scattered and you're not going to fully yes. learn what you want to learn. Right. Mm. You, you know, you got to, and maybe that's where the whole Sagittarius component comes back in too. When we were talking about experience earlier, it's like, mm. all right, well hone in what you want to try out. And then all these, as these oppositions come around, now it's time to like experience it, like get your hands dirty or like book the trip or go to the class or the workshop, you know, <laughs> like yeah. um, less speculation and more form that then gets to experience, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, completely. And I think once this past the trine too, because we've got to remember is everything as it moves through Sagittarius will sextile Saturn. But yeah. it is, so it'll pose Mars first and then sextile Saturn. So it'll almost be the pat on the hot tin roof feeling of Mars in Gemini. But then they'll all sextile Saturn and so I'm like, okay, well, here's your reality check. This is what's possible that this isn't. Or just because you can, should you? You, you know, that kind of energy that's going <laughs> yeah. on. So there's that 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 opportunity. I think if we get this trine right, it, it can support us as we go through the whole of Sag season. Yeah. And so, you know, keep that in mind. Once again, we're talking about a new moon here. So this, this energy is kind of just baked in to the entire lunar cycle. Um, so mm. even though Mars will retrograde and move on from this position, uh, we do have it energetically aligned to kind of sort these things out. You know, Mars and uh, Saturn are, <laughs> are working together uh, to kind of rein in that rogue Mars that is all over <laughs> the place here. Um, so, uh, anything else that we're seeing in this or 
Shall we carry on I, to our I next? I think just the one last point I'd like to make, and yeah. this is going to come up more towards the end or, you know, December especially, is push-pull the tension between Sagittarius and Pisces, you know, because this mm. is ruled by Pisces. So there is this sense, you know, like the sun, the new moon in Sagittarius is like, let's go on an adventure. You know, both both are Jupiter-ruled signs. So both want to expand, both want to look for opportunities. But Sagittarius is like, let's go on adventures or, or let's go and seek knowledge. Let's get active and do it. Whereas Pisces is like, you know what? I'm just going to sit in the couch and dream it. You know, I'm going to imagine it here. So there's kind of this tension between the, you know, if you pour water on a fire, it steams or it might put it out. Mm. And I think this is the remembering here of, yes, we need to take action, but we have to check in with our intuition and our emotions as we do it. And that's the way to kind of handle that tension between the two. And again, I think if we can get that right under this new moon, because it's a little bit of a soggy and new moon, new moon in Sag than normal, it's that, okay, well, if we can get that right here, um, like listen to your gut on, on what's good mm. here. Be sensitive around what plans you're trying or, you know, ideas you're trying to manifest at this time um, and surrender. I don't think Sag does surrender as well as Pisces does, that's for no. sure. So it's, no. it's having to balance the two energies here. Yeah. And well, some things came, some things came up because I was just thinking, you know, not a whole lot of earth going on. No. <laughs> you know, you no. think you're going to get somewhere <laughs> tangible right now? Probably not. You know, you got again, those moons going to help you along here and there, but um Right now we are in, I feel like we are in uh, vision mode and experiencing and learning and feeling and intuiting and um, all, all that jazz. So concrete results, maybe not, uh, but we are in a space space to dream there. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, you know, don't sit on your couch too much. You guys still got to get out there and uh, yeah. get that fresh air, experience the world. Um. It's so interesting when two signs are being like when two signs, you see this a lot with Gemini and Virgo, where mm. if there's influence going on at the same time, it's like ruled by the same planet. So you think everything's on the same page <laughs> to some extent. Um, but it's not necessarily because, like you said, there's different, you know, there's different uh, elements at play, you know, the medallion might be the same. Um, not always depending Jupiter signs and Mercury are signs are different because they are in the same modality, but, um, yeah, there's still tension there, even though it comes down to one, mm. one planet, one, one person kind of calling the shots. Yeah. They both want the same thing, but how they go about it is quite different. Well said. All right. So we move on for, you know, Jupiter stations direct that day. And, you know, after that point, it's like Jupiter is starting to move forward. Granted, it's going to take some time, you know, uh, before it starts gaining some mm. traction. It's basically going to be at 28 degree. It moves a degree by the 5th of December. So, you know, we got a couple, a couple weeks of Jupiter just still at the same degree there. Um, but that being said, the energy of growth and momentum and moving forward is literally moving forward. So that is a big, mm. just energetic push in general. Granted, I think it's going to take until we get to it getting back into Aries that we're going to see, you know, that real 
Jupiter action happen, but there is mm. just this sense that something's going somewhere and we're not stuck here, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So then we move along and on the 24th and 25th. So basically, uh, as Mercury and Venus move side by side and, you know, Venus is going to be mirroring Mercury's moves there. Um, we have the two of them making a trine to, uh, Chiron, um, in Aries. Now, are you a Chiron person, Alicia? I am in medical astrology, but I don't use it that much in transits and natal astrology. Mm. I'm interested to hear your take on it. Well, I'm, I'm in, I'm in and out of it. I notice it when it happens. Like yesterday Mm. we had a moon square. The only aspect that was happening with the moon was moon square Chiron and boy, well, it wasn't yesterday or two days ago. Anyways, boy, were there like <laughs> some issues that came up <laughs> with like mm. irritation and uh, anger issues and just um, modes of being in in the self that were creating like painful encounters uh, with other people. Mm. Like that's what I encountered there. But uh, Chiron and Aries is interesting because it's, uh, you know, it brings up, it, it can bring up some intense anger. It can bring up the uh, not wanting to do things, like overdoing things and not doing things enough. It's like sh- th- mm. dealing with personal assertion um, and how you go about that. Uh, and a lot of times there's just triggers around it, whether it's you're triggered to go do something for yourself or you're triggered by other people or other people are triggered by you, you know, <laughs> just... There always seems to be just like a trigger point when Chiron is involved or when we get the trine, you know, with Mercury and Venus there. It's maybe we're more aware of of the trigger of assertion or anger or um, being that Aries energy and and doing things independently um, or being out for yourself in some way, (laughs) whether that's working for you or it's not working for you. You know, it varies everyone, but it always seems to bring up something just sort of tender that we deal with Mm. that's very personal um at least the way i look at it with the aries component so it's almost like just if something comes up on the 24th or 25th where you're like "Mm, this is tender to me and i'm working through this i'm trying to understand this i'm trying to integrate it and find peace with it um that might just be kind of the flow that yeah is going on there and it's interesting because oh. in medical astrology, this is heat in the head. You know, this is too much heat in the head with Chiron. So it might be like, as you say, you know, anger coming out or you know, issues in that way. So doing all you can to kind of keep yourself cool in that period of time, which could simply be swims or baths or eating cooling foods like melons or cresses or water, um, drinking lots of water as well can be helpful. Right. You know, calm, tame that fire, <laughs> tame that fire yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like with the Chiron thing, what happens is it's like it grab, it triggers you and grabs a hold, but it doesn't let go, right? Because it's bringing up mm. something that then, like, it's harder to get away from because it's not just that moment that you're dealing with that you can move on. It's like all the other things that live underneath whatever that was that you know pokes at you, um, yeah. and so that's why it's kind of a tender, a tender space. Mm. Um, I know, but you know, well, the moon moves into Capricorn. So maybe it's like, okay, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Knock off the drama. Yeah. Let's get practical here. Um, 
So that being said, with the the moon moving into Capricorn and then Aquarius uh, over that weekend there, this is when we are getting to the Monday with Mars retrograde trining Saturn. So, and Mm -hmm. then on Monday, you know, the moon is actually on Saturn. So we're really going to be feeling that it's almost like we get back to like work or what, you know, (laughs) you know, start the week and we're like, all right, we're focused. We're ready. Let's do this. Yeah, totally. And I think it's that opportunity to, you know, it's going to highlight that Mars Saturn prime as well, you know, as the moon kind of widens and expands the orb of that sort of be like, okay, what did you do last week? Um, Is there extra energy you need to put into this as as you're driving forward? Yeah. And so it's like, you had all that enthusiasm, right? You were saying, you're like, life looked a little brighter. You're like, "Mm, I could possibly do this. And Saturn's like, oh, well, you have a plan for that? You got you got some structure. <laughs> you got a, some structure around that dream. Um, and so, and it, you know, I like the Aquarius moon for a lot of times because it helps you just kind of detach a little bit from the emotional mm. self to begin with. So it's like kind of take, doesn't take emotions out of the picture per se, but you know, it, it, it intellectualizes them and tempers them enough to where it's like, it gets to Saturn. It's like, okay, well, you know, this needs to be done. I have to do this or I need, or I want to look at this a different way, or maybe I need a plan or a structure. Um, so to me, it just feels like it could be a very productive time, uh, especially the early days of, um, the 28th, especially the 28th itself mm-hmm. when the moon and Saturn meet and, and you know, it, it it's cause Mars retrograding back over at this point. So it, it might not be new things you're encountering with, like we were saying before, it's like, pay, you know, you pair, paring it down. It's <laughs> and mm, yeah. taking something to the the next leg with a with a better plan or blueprint in place. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, well, that's interesting too, because part of this is like we have Mercury that is chiming in over uh, from Sag too. So here we get Ooh, our first yeah, Mercury. To discuss so, mm. you know, that's, a, that's an interesting point. So, you know, Saturn's trying to like hone rain Mars in, but <laughs> Mercury is also like, it, it adds a lot of energy to it. It's an interesting combination to have the three of them all kind of work working. I wouldn't say they're working together per se, you know, oppositions aren't necessarily together, but it does make you think, <laughs> Um, and, and pits you against uh, ideas and such. So any thoughts on uh, Mercury's involvement in this Mars-Saturn business? Well, I, I just think, you know, if we just simply look at the opposition between Mercury and Mars in and of itself to tell us what it's going to do, like it, this is that cat on the hot tin roof kind of idea of, you know, Mercury is in a sign where it's uncomfortable already. And then suddenly it's in this opposition against this heated, inflamed warrior who's being almost dragged backwards. It's like, okay, I need to give a message out here, but what message? Almost like I can't even translate it. So I I do think Saturn calms and tempers this down. But, yeah, there's just something about this being a day to really be careful of, you know, the mental wheels over, you know, turning too much, um, having too sharp a tongue or mm. or just trying to back away from communication in general if you can that day. Um, I do think there is an opportunity, you know, with that Mercury sextile Saturn, it is keeping a lid on things and it's helping us be a little more concentrated than we would be. But I don't know, I, I just get this feeling of it's a day that we're trying to do gen- 
um, mental gymnastics, but we might be falling off the bar more than we're actually achieving the flip, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can see that, you know, um, because that's the thing too, is like Saturn brings a structure, but Saturn also bring, brings delays or, or a piece mm. that's missing or, you know, like just something that we have to pause, you know, take a pause for the cause to some extent yeah. while we work through, you know, something. Um, but but Mercury and Mars together always is going to bring up just, yeah, like the mental gymnastics kind of energy or just like, or like, you know, you have a gymnast, you know, doing the, uh, <laughs> when they flip on the, the bar over and over yep. again, like that's going on yep. in your brain basically. Yeah, um, totally. and, and it doesn't stop, you know? So there is like, there, there's a high, there's a high chance of anxiety <laughs> maybe at the beginning of the week too, or just a lot of nervous energy to move off of. Mm. Um, and I would definitely take the heed of what Alicia said about watching the tongue. So, so to speak, um, or, you know, maybe that's where Saturn can help come in, or if the tongue's a little too, um, off the cuff, you might have the, the immediate repercussion of what that is because Saturn's also attached to it too. Um, but just trying yeah, to be there's more consequences. Open. Yeah. There's consequences. Mm. Um, so be purposeful, be purposeful with your, your speech, um, and your thoughts and just know that there's, it's probably just going to be high energy or you might yeah. have deadlines that you're on, you know, Saturn can bring mm. a deadline too. And all of a sudden, like if you're like me, you know, both of us, we write and all of a sudden you got to, mm. I have to write all this by this certain time. Or, you know, like you feel this pressure of something that is expected of you. That's more of an intellectual capacity. So that's, that's a thing too. Um, yeah. so yeah, that is, I like this week, but there's also a, a lot to it and it's still a wild card to some extent. Um, now, of course, Venus is going to move. We're going to have uh, actually first quarter in Pisces on mm. Wednesday, the 30th, which is always interesting. You know, we're pushing off of Pisces, which is a loose, <laughs> it's a loose push. <laughs> we're pushing off, but it's underwater. Yeah. <laughs> like You've got to swim to the surface first. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. It's kind of like swimming to the surface. Um which I don't know if you ever swam to the surface and you're pretty deep and you're like, mm, how much breath do I have? And you're like, oh, you know, I'm trying to get up there, like just propelling yourself. And then you merge out of the water and you take the deepest breath ever. And you're like, oh, oh my goodness. Thank goodness. I love that analogy. That's a great one, Mel. Yeah. <laughs> well, we might feel like that when we, we kind of come up for air there. But, you know, first quarter mm. moons are always a little tense in the emotional department, right? Because we're trying to get mm. something done or we're ready to go or or we're confronted with something that comes to us that we're like, what? What's this? And yeah. so it could be a little on the uh, emotional side there, um, especially as it squares all the Sag energy one after, after another. So I guess don't push yourself too hard <laughs> on uh, about mm. midweek, Wednesday, Thursday as the moon goes over those two points but it is something to say about the moon finally making it to a conjunction with jupiter um having moved you know at this point too which will happen on thursday december 1st uh so that's you know if we're going to get kind of like an inter integration of that planet that could be a good day for that yeah for sure and with mercury getting closer and closer to that area too because that's the same day mercury squares neptune isn't it it is, the is same it, day. Oh, oh, it's next day for you, I think. Yeah. So yeah. basically, you know, around December 1st, December 2nd, um, mm. 
we have this, you know, the moon's moving over Neptune and Jupiter. Mercury is squaring Neptune. And so it's almost like that earlier part of the week where we're like, go do this, think this. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I just need a second. I need, you know, my brain cannot focus anymore. I, <laughs> or I just need to kind of soft focus to intuit things better. Um, yeah, it, it seems like a drastically different kind of shift within the week, just as days go by. For sure. So we, so what's interesting about this time too, is that Mars retrograde, even though we know when Mars reaches its opposition with the sun or any outer planet reaches the opposition of the sun, it becomes, uh, it's close to the earth. And so on the 30th, right around that time, Mars is actually in its perigee position where it's the closest to earth that it gets, um, by proximity, uh, you know, in the cosmos. So it's an interesting, to me, that seems like a, a lead up time of like when Mars energies are going to be very present as we lead to this full moon in, <laughs> in Gemini. Um, and so it's almost like we get through this kind of Neptunian space, this Jupiter space, but in the background, there's this pressure of just Mars and what are we doing? Where is this going? You know, like, because that's essentially, I mean, what do you, I'm going to see, uh, cause we only have so much time here today. So I want to make sure mm. we get through the meat of what's happening with this, um, season. And I think that the, the, so, well, all right. It's hard to jump ahead too much because no, it's, <laughs> it's a funny month things, for that, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot there going are some on things that... happening. Um, so just to give a, I'm going to give up a lead up here. So basically we have Mercury and Venus having got through the Mars action has sextile Saturn. Then they basically come to squares with Neptune um, as Neptune is stationing direct. So there is this December 1st through December 3rd where there is serious Neptune vibes taking place um, on this planet. But especially when the moon yep. is in Pisces there uh, around mm. late last late that week. Um, and so, I mean, any words on, on Neptune just stationing and then those two planets kind of contesting with it? I feel like, you know, especially squares with Neptune, this is when it's glamorizing or it's, you know, hidden influences can most come to the fore. So my suggestion here would be, especially because both these planets have just opposed Mars, is there might be some impetuous energy towards thinking or towards relationship. And you just have to make sure that you're not being led up the garden path with that. Mm. Or, you know, that, that you know, the, there isn't some, you know, in in... We think about glamour now as fashion, but actually glamour is an old word for magic. And so it's this sense that, you know, make sure that there's not a glamour on you or that you're trying to place a glamour on somebody else, you know. And and look, nefariousness can be a part of what this is about where we deliberately pull wool over others' eyes. But I think it's, it's less about that and it's more about just be careful that you're not taking a path that, you will look back in a week or so's time when everything moves into Capricorn and go, oh God, should I have gone there? You know, should I have gone out on that big night out and gone drinking and, you know, (laughs) bumped into my boss and said all the things that I did or should I have, you know, 
matched yes with that person on Tinder <laughs> and, you know, it, it's like, okay, just, just be careful of the choices that you're making in this period of time because you may not have all the information or all the information may not be that clear. Absolutely. It makes me think of all that glitters is not gold at this time. And so, yeah. you know, take, take, take your, take, a, take things with a grain of salt, you know, like don't fully wear the, the rose colored glasses, you know, maybe dip them down yeah. for and be like, mm, okay. Um, yeah. And just give yourself some space during that time, right? You know, if, if things are a little uncertain or not as clear, or you're a little foggy, or you have lower energy, even though mm. Mars is doing something too. So it's, it's interesting. It's always interesting when you have low energy, but you have anxiety that's below it too. You know, that yeah. we're, you know, what are that feeling? Yeah. That's tired, like, but wired. Tired, but wired. Exactly. Mm. So it could be a little bit of that too, but definitely what Alicia said, you know, take, have a caveat, especially that weekend. If you're going out on uh going out on some dates and you're like, mm, this person on paper, this person looked a lot better than they did on the, yeah, there's some, yeah. there's some mirages out there <laughs> right now. Yeah. So yeah. basically, yeah. So we encounter this Neptune action, Neptune stationing direct. Uh, there could be a lot of um, just something that emerges from that time too, that was connected with the Mars mm. retrograde square Neptune. So maybe if there, we were under some sort of haze or filter or, uncertainty, you know, maybe something can kind of almost clear up at that time too. Not completely, but you know, you turn a pay or like, maybe that's when you find out it, like there's some deception at play or if there, you knew there was before, but you didn't have specifics, you know, cause a planet that stations direct is emerging. So what is Neptune emerging? What is it kind of like bringing mm. to the surface? Um, so just be aware of, of that. Um, and, you know, it could be turning a page too. When we were talking about the idea of um, a lot of people going through loss or grief um, and we're in Sagittarius mm. and trying to move along things and Neptune's emerging and it's like, all right, I've internalized that enough. Now it's time to move forward. So, you know, as with astrology, there's so many ways this could <laughs> play out, right? You know, so many, sure. so many different facets. Yeah. So now that being said, one of the things that happens after that is, you know, Jupiter's not far from Neptune. So as planets go on, it's like in Sag, they're basically squaring Neptune and then squaring Jupiter. Um, mm. So we are, you know, we're waxing towards this uh, big full moon in Gemini that is coming on December 7th. Uh, but along the way, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have Mercury who squares Jupiter on the 5th, which will be a Monday here, uh, Pacific time. Um, and then is going to ingress into Capricorn, which is interesting because this is a big move in my mind because, you know, Mercury is going to square Jupiter, move into Capricorn, but then we're going to have our Mercury full moon, you know, Mercury ruled full moon with Mercury now in Capricorn, which is definitely a different feel. So any thoughts about that kind of like that, that movement of Jupiter action and then moving to Saturn sign and then kind of influencing a full moon? Yeah, look, I think this is the ground. This is the earth we need right now, actually. You know, and it's interesting because I think right as it happens, the moon is at the end of Taurus too. So it's like, okay, we're finally getting our feet on the ground. You know, we've been floating up in this Sagittarius hot air balloon. Um, and this is an opportunity 
to kind of go right from more settled and you've got mercury there in its own terms as well so it's getting some dignity back we're able to think with more clarity you know we're able to be more logical and rational in what we're doing you know i think mercury really enjoys those earth signs because they match its need for facts and the bare facts, you know, and what it's trying to get there. So I do think it's going to bring some coolness and some clarity that will be much needed under that full moon. Um, you know, if we'd had Mercury still in Sag with that full moon, that I think I would be more concerned about it and what it could create than than having that, okay, we're in an earth sign now and we're in a, we're not just an earth sign, we're in Saturn's earth sign. So it's like, okay, how are we going to get real strategic and practical with what we're going to do? Absolutely. I think that Mercury and Capricorn is a saving grace uh, for, for this full moon. Um, and for Mars, actually, you know, moving red, mm. the Mars is retrograde uh, cycle. It's like, you know, it's been through Scorpio, it's been through Sag, and finally it's Capricorn. It's like, all right, someone, someone is speaking structure here, you know, <laughs> like some, like the voice of reason has entered the building now yes. <laughs> to some yes, extent. I love that. Um, and it, it, we're going to need that during a, a lit up full moon. So let's take a look at that full moon because, you know, once again, the cosmic dance, it's like, really, you're going to give us a full moon exact, almost to the minute conjunct. I know, you know it's crazy. Mars retrograde. Um, but obviously within the full moon, this means that Mars retrograde is at its midpoint of the cycle and it's in opposition mm. with the sun. So um, what what do you have to say about this sun-Mars retrograde opposition and this point of Mars's cycle? Well, I think this is really, you know, as you say, we're at the midpoint of this cycle and full moons highlight that they're, they're like a spotlight but yeah. very much an emotional spotlight. And so it's a sense of, okay, you know, as you were talking earlier about the anger that has been coming up or the irritability or the frustration, this might be spotlighting exactly what's causing it or what it is internally that you're not doing or not the needs that you're not meeting in yourself that are causing these issues for you. So I think it's going to bring a big spotlight for Mars retrograde in general and, and what that cycle has meant to this point, which really, you know, it ended its shadow on the 8th of September. So it's been a theme for the whole, most of this last quarter of the year. So it's an opportunity to get to know it and emotionally integrate it. Um, you know, as a therapist, I work a lot with somatic therapy and I think it's a great antidote to this Gemini energy. So it might be just having to sit with all the big feelings that are coming up and breathe through them and know that, you know, what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger kind of energy. Um, so yeah, but I do think, you know, this can bring up anxiety. It can bring up a lot of worries and fears as that moon, that the emotionality of the full moon meets the heat of this contained retrograde peregrine Mars. So there's a sense of what's reality and what's not needing to really keep your finger on that pulse of what Mercury and Capricorn can tell you of, okay. And, and if you can't yourself, then check in with friends, you know, check in with your more Saturnian friends who can say, you know what, 
that doesn't make any sense, you know, or, or that's just your fears speaking or you know, that's just your monkey mind going right now. So um, see how you can do a cathartic release. And I'm a big one for journaling. I think this is a full moon to journal, 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 get all your emotions out on paper and burn them. You know, this isn't the kind of stuff that you want to keep. This is the stuff that you're going to burn. Um, think about it like a, like a garbage, a garbage emptying out of the mind. But yeah, what are your thoughts, Mel? I like that, the mental, taking out the mental garbage. Yeah. It's like, take it out. I love that because, you know, a lot of people do that on the full moon. They're like, write something. A lot of times they might write intentions or something and they burn them or, you know. But um, if there's any type of release and that anger or frustration or mental anxieties about, you know, kind of uncertainties in life or whatever they might be, I totally agree. Write it all down burn it, get rid of it, Be ha, have a cathartic moment, do it with friends, make it a gathering. Cause this is a loud full moon to me. Um, even though Mercury will be in Capricorn, sure. you can't get Sag and Gemini in the same room and there not be some sort of like <laughs> back and forth party here. So it's like the world, I feel like the world stage is going to be very loud at this time. And it could definitely be political based if, you know, we have Mercury in Capricorn or, you know, looking to the powers that be and the structures and mm. sharing announcements of so- sorts, you know, we're probably going to hear a lot of that. Um, but it's interesting too, because part of this full moon, yeah, the moon and Mars together are always going to be, it's a very combustible combination. It just is. Yeah. Because those yeah. two planets, you know, <laughs> the moon is sensitive. Mars is brash. Mm. They're, you know, it's not necessarily a welcoming combination. However, there is something to be said about them being in, you know, Mars has just moved off the trying to Saturn. The moon is going to make a trying to Saturn, uh, um, you know, I think it's the next aspect that it makes after it leaves this full moon. And, mm. you know, Saturn is ruling that Mercury there too. So once again, I feel like it's not completely, like it could be so, you know, off the cuff and like crazy if it was just Punchy. Gemini and Sag mm. together. But we have this trine of Saturn influence. We have the, the coolness and, uh, you know, the collectedness of, uh, in the practical practicality of Mercury in Capricorn there. So what's interesting is one of the things I always say about anger is it's like, it can be combustible. It can be destructive, but what it is, it's informative. And so absolutely. Anger yeah. can be entirely informative at this time. But what do you do with that information? Are you going to put it to good use? You know, this is, this is a cat. What does Capricorn like to do? Likes to use things, like to put things to mm. good use. And so it's like, what are you going to do with that information? Now you know that you've reached your last straw yeah. with this. What are you going to do about it? What's the plan? Yeah. You're just going to stuff it down, pretend like it doesn't exist. Or are you going to be like, you know what? I'm going to make decisions from this point that don't, you know, that honor that, that release that, that gets me farther away from that. You know, mm. I feel like that can be a component of, of this time too. Um, but it's, it's once again, I feel like it's another wild card full moon where, I mean, we could like have all these different prospects of things that could happen, but I don't know, with, with mutable energy and Gemini and Sag, you, you really just don't, no, <laughs> like, Finally. Um, but Finally. it'll be lively. It, yeah. It'll be impactful. It will, it'll yeah. affect you in some way. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's, yeah, I love what you were saying, no. that idea of let the anger be the signal that's telling you something's wrong and then Saturn can be the boundaries or the consequences that you're putting in place to make sure it doesn't happen again. Because the, the sun's there too, right? The sun is all about mm. conscious awareness. Yeah. Like integrate it. Mm. It's like, it's shine the light on it. Get down, get down to it. Um and and yeah, and then and do something about it. And it and it could entirely be a mental thing too. That's the thing too. It's like maybe you don't make changes in your you know everyday life of, about what's going to change. Maybe it's just the mental process or what you're feeding inside here. You know, because we're talking about air signs and air signs. It, these are me- this is mentality. This is sociability too. You know, that's mm. the thing. it's like. This probably be a very social full moon there too. So once again, I feel like we're back to watch how you act, watch what you say, you know, <laughs> watch who you uh, connect with, watch who yep. you connect to. There's, there's, there's interesting, uh, it could be interesting consequences. Watch yourself on the road, you know, all yep. that type of things. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think we can guarantee that it will be lively and it'll be informative and you'll remember sure. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that being said, you know, Venus at that time is moving to square Jupiter too, uh, because she's getting to the tail end of Sagittarius uh, as we go through this last, this full moon. Um, And so she squares Jupiter, who's Jupiter's at the 29th degree of Pisces now, right? It is getting Mm. ready to leave soon. Pisces is about to be over with. Um, So she's kind of, I feel like she's, it's she's the bearer of the last Sag message, I think, <laughs> our last Jupiter message um, by a planet that's not the moon there. Um, but it is interesting here, especially December 8th, uh, which will be the ninth in Australia. We have this late degree Gemini moon, you know, coming off the full moon that's lighting up the Venus Jupiter uh, component in a T square. So any thoughts on Venus and Jupiter, uh, Venus squaring Jupiter and then moving into Capricorn kind of repeating that mercury move yeah well i really like that it's actually venus that gives jupiter the last kiss before it moves on into aries you know so it's like at least it's the two benefics coming together and yes it's square so there will be some tension but i think it's almost like that because the moon will be in moon hit just moves into cancer a couple of hours earlier so mm-hmm. it's the sense that maybe there's too, a little bit too much indulgence or pleasure. Maybe we've yeah. got a little bit too much of a of a sweet tooth with this. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like you know this is this plugs into the larger cycle of Venus conjunct of Venus and Jupiter together, and that started in late April, and all that stuff was going on there with the Jupiter Neptune. So maybe this is an opportunity to be revisiting your dreams around whatever you were visioning creatively or relationship romantically at that time and go, okay, were they good dreams or was Neptune making too much of a, a clouded, foggy fantasy for me? And how can I kind of revision things or, or re-step towards things in a new way with more of the clarity and the energy of this Venus in Sag. So yeah, I, I, I really like this. Um, I'm kind of excited for that day actually, personally of that, that last kind of, okay, this is the amplification that Jupiter wants to make from Pisces. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
And it bodes well, I think, for, you know, just the forward direction uh, in relationships, <laughs> you know, like, it's yeah. like, how's this relationship moving forward? Where, where are we going with this? What are we dreaming together? You know, um, and all types of relationships, obviously, it doesn't have to just be romantic relationships, but there is this, how you know, how are we coming together for the future type of things? Mm. You know, we, we on the same page with that. Let's, let's get some energy behind it. Right. Cause a lot of times squares, yeah. there's conflict, but there's also activity. And so it just means yeah. something is moving forward there. So, you know, to the two benefics getting together, it can't be all that bad. Right. <laughs> so no, no exactly. Um, it, it will could be, be just too much of a good thing. That's yeah. All. <laughs> it will be interesting in relation to a lot of the women's rights stuff that's been going on. Mm. I have to say when it talks about, oh. you know, like decisions being made and kind of like court stances. And so I think that will probably be pretty um, active during this period too, especially since we're sitting at the last degrees of signs. So it's, yeah. it's a really, you know, <laughs> pardon the pun, pregnant issue, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's, totally. you know, it is, it is fully developed and it is at its, you know, final type of thing, not completely, but there's something about that energy that is there mm. with that. So just watch for that. Um, and then Venus moves into Capricorn, which is a totally different vibe uh, <laughs> for Venus. You know, everybody's getting, this is the time of year where everyone starts to get on Saturn's team, right? You know, it's like, Yes. Saturn, Saturn is about to take, take hold here. Um, and so Venus is kind of cooling off in Saturn's zone and she is, you know, getting back to like maybe the free willing of Sag. Now she's like, mm, I'm looking for commitment. What do they call that here? They, I've seen it termed like cuffing season where, you know, you cuff people for the winter because you don't want to be alone. So you get to with someone <laughs> that you want to be really? with when, when you really need a snuggle buddy and you're like, we're together for this time because we need to keep each other warm. Yeah, like a, that's a thing. Um, I heard it during the pandemic. I think it was really a thing during the pandemic just because, mm. <laughs> you know, you really need to cuff someone. Um, yeah. But that's what it makes me think of was <laughs> Venus moving into Capricorn there. Well, I think both Mercury and Venus moving into Capricorn at this time of the year, it, it'll be interesting what goes on in the retail sector in terms of sales before Christmas, because something I forgot to mention with that new moon is it's right around when the Black Friday, Black Friday sales uh -huh. are going to happen. So I think people might go a bit crazy at that period of time. And then suddenly they're entering here going, oh God, yeah, I've, I've done all the spending I can do. So maybe when we're, you know, curbing, curbing our pleasures or curbing our luxuries or, or curbing our commerce uh, with Mercury as well. But I do love that, you know, Venus in Capricorn is, I work at a vintage fair once a quarter and it always makes me think about Cap Venus in Capricorn. You know, everything old is new again and this practical approach to, you know, I, I can I can use something old to look beautiful or I can look to old traditions. You know, I've got a few clients with Venus in Capricorn and they're people who dress from different eras. Um, you know, one who loves to dress in the, oh, we call them the, the bebop girls here, you know, like mm -hmm. the fifties fun mm -hmm. and flair and another in that kind of 1930s style. And it's, it's beautiful. And, and I also think this is an opportunity to, as you say, get settled, get stable and get committed when it comes to the relationships of people that we're with. So, you know, Venus in Sag is 
uh, very expansive and, of course, you know, wants to connect with all the things and has been in that dance with Neptune. And I think this might be the, the time where it's like, okay, the, the glasses come on, we're seeing the situation for the reality that it is in terms of the partnerships we've formed. So it might be that period where we're kind of getting a bit dry, uh, getting a bit clear, you know, going to the yeah. Betty Ford Clinic of relationships. <laughs> Well, which is very fitting as Venus squares Jupiter right before it happens. What are we doing here? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at this point in the in the cycle here, you know, we only the only remaining player is the sun in, in Sagittarius. Mm. Everyone's moved on to Capricorn here. So, but the sun is making big moves because from the twelfth to the fourteenth the sun is doing the Neptune square to, to Jupiter dance, right? You know, mm. the end of the end of Sag season is moving through both of these, these, you know, this Neptune Jupiter energy, which to me, it's like, you know, what's surrendered, what's let go of, what do we, you know, kind of dissipate yeah. and part with and what do we grow towards, you know? And it's kind of, it's like this one doesn't precede the other, right? Just as you were saying earlier with the idea of like, you can't fill a full cup. So it's like yeah. Neptune likes to, you know, <laughs> Neptune stabs a hole underneath your cup and it all just falls <laughs> out. Yeah. Uh, and then Jupiter comes back around and is like, I've got this nice better cup for you. How about this? We'll fill this up. Yeah. And it feels like a, I always like this for a dissolution of the ego. Like it doesn't yeah. necessarily feel good, but it might be that, you know, we got a bit egoic about something and we're coming to the resolute, the realization that we've got to let that go. It's either not a part of our identity anymore, or it doesn't need to be a part of our world anymore. And I think it's really interesting because the sun's like coming towards that square with Jupiter, but it doesn't happen actually until the sun moves into Capricorn. So it's almost like it's, it's chasing something, but it needs to move through a doorway for the realization or the opportunity to actually manifest. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it'll be, you know, it'll be eye-opening time as any sun transit is, right? You know, because that, that's how we are chipped away at. That's how we develop our individual selves and like what our journey and mission is. And, and so it'll be definitely a purposeful time. Um, yet at the same time, that's when last quarter in Virgo is happening, as I was talking about earlier in the program mm -hmm. of like moving parts in the physical world, right? And so when things yeah. are moving around you that, you know, are of tangible nature, a lot of times we come to this, you know, who am I now? How am I changing? Where is this guy? You know, you have these kind of like qu bigger questions about life or just kind of processing um, who you are within the changing dynamic. Um, because, you know, we have that mutable fire energy, the mutable earth energy. And at the same time, some of the defining factors of the last days of, the season are Mercury, um, you know, trining the North node there and getting ready to, to, to meet Uranus. Uh, but most importantly, you know, Jupiter is at the last degrees of Pisces and right before the season ends, Jupiter moves into Aries, which is a big, you know, that's how, that's how we go out here, which is very intriguing, yeah. especially since the, the, Capricorn season is going to start with basically a sun Jupiter square. Um, and so any, any less, <laughs> anything to say about that Jupiter and Aries return? Yeah. It feels like, you know, this is still a sign based 
prime between the two of them, really. I mean, one's on the first, the, the zero degree of the fire sign and the other is on the last. So it's almost like the baton being passed between the two. You know, the son is like, right, I know a lot about you, Jupiter. And it's like he's giving him a bit of rocket fuel in that baton to go, oh, I love okay, that forward you go because you know if we think what did Jupiter get to eight degrees of Aries uh-huh. um, and then started to retrograde back and you know my colleague Cassandra Tindall she talks about it beautifully as a false start you know that sense that you've started to run the race and then the gun goes off twice and you're like oh I've got to go back to the finish line again so now it's an opportunity to go right how am I going to readjust my stance I know a little bit about the players that I'm competing against you know and I can I can get myself ready for that burst of energy out of the blocks to really go forward so I think I think it's exciting and it feels like it's a the fact that they're both still meeting well in the fire signs it's like ah a little bit late but at least it's coming through ah I love that is you know I feel like the idea of the false start now we're at 29 degrees of sag we got vision so, yeah. you know, we got that the passing of the t- baton, the vision is more developed. And now yes. we're actually going to have the momentum through the, you know, the, through the first half of the next year to carry that forward. So I, I love that. that. That's a great way of looking at it. Um, all right. So Alicia, if you had one word, one word to describe Sagittarius season, what would it be? Hopeful. Oh, I like that. Everyone needs some hope. <laughs> <laughs> we all need some hope I oh know, my gosh I know hope, I know. faith, belief all the things yeah maybe I'll piggyback with faith it's like we have the hope keep the faith you know we're <laughs> we're going somewhere here whatever has left yeah. the building you know whatever we're dealing with there's this really burst of new on the horizon especially next year like and Gray and I will talk about that in our upcoming uh, year ahead here so wait for that oh, cool. it's coming very soon um yeah. here but um, love great love yeah yeah all right well alicia where can people find you what you got going on uh aliciayusuf.com is my website and if people sign up for my newsletter they'll actually get a free ebook on jupiter and aries so that's something that they'll be able to download straight away so you can get yourself ready for the next kind of december through may period with that and I'm on Instagram, Alicia Yusuf astrologer, and on Facebook too, but I'm rarely on there. So it's been on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I will definitely share a blog post with Alicia's information there. Definitely sign up for that ebook. It'll, you're going to need it when <laughs> Jupiter moves back into Aries. Um, and you can find me over at energeticprinciples.com and also on Instagram at the same place. Uh, and you can sign up for my Heavenly Wind newsletter, which is just reformatted. I have a new, more concise uh, edition that I that I write now that is not Saturn and Virgoed out. Um, so I'm happy with this, <laughs> this new format. So if you haven't signed up for it, come on over. It is free and it only comes out once a month. And that's the only email you get from me. Um, but other than that, you know, sharing is caring, spread this podcast or the YouTube video, wherever you see fit, um, leave a review, leave a comment in the feed below. If you're watching on YouTube, cause I love to hear from you and what you have going on. 
Um, other than that, you know, uh, we'll be back with uh, gray here shortly for the year ahead. And then also the Capricorn season, which will be big. So stay tuned. Um, but Alicia, thank you so much for joining me on the program again. It was really a pleasure chatting with you. It's always a pleasure chatting with you, Mel. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Good luck, everyone. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.